bring in Tom Essay. Let's bring in the founder of the Severance Report to help us with that. Tom, welcome. Good to have you with us this Monday afternoon. We just looked at Biogen, but I saw Eli Lilly, L-O-Y, also uh, has an Alzheimer's drug in the pipeline. They're up big on the news today as well. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. Thank you very much for having me on. So, you know, uh, maybe I haven't been paying enough attention to it, but I feel like it's been a while since we had a true you know, kind of blockbuster drug announcement outside, of course, the vaccine stuff that went on earlier uh, this year and late in 2020. And boy, it's, it's good to see, you know, especially for investors in Biogen. Uh, Lilly is benefiting, and that's the thing about these biotechs. Once you have one company hit, then you can see a lot of peripheral benefit for drug makers that are, that are in the same space trying to target the same diseases, and that's exactly mm. what's happening with Lilly. Up 14%, people are hoping that their drug is just as effective. Yeah, you know, you mentioned it's been a while. I think you hit a couple of good points that I wanted to touch on. Uh, you say it's good to see this in terms of not only for investors, but also for those that need these drugs. Obviously, it goes without saying for those who suffer. But the drug makers, interestingly enough, after this most recent development in terms of the COVID, the vaccine, I'm wondering if we're going to start to see drug makers maybe even working a little bit more closely, if the FDA is going to be a little bit more willing to approve and kind of uh, move through some of these processes a little bit more readily. This has been, we know how much time time it takes to get some of these uh, through the pipeline here. But ultimately, I guess I'm wondering if we're going to start to see some leaps and bounds now on the pharmaceutical front after some of the changes and some of the developments tied to COVID. Yeah, you know, I hope so. Um, I mean, obviously, everybody wants everything done safely. Yeah. But I think to your point that COVID has demonstrated that, hey, this process can be accelerated. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not even getting into it. I mean, you know, I'm not a, a chemist or a biochemist, but from what I've read, the, the potential of mRNA technology, which is where Pfizer and Moderna both yeah. got their COVID vaccines, is it's, it's really exciting stuff. So point being, you know, th this is kind of a growth industry again, right? And perhaps with a catalyst that we haven't seen in decades, uh, courtesy of the COVID vaccine and saying, hey, these things can be moved along and maybe some of these drugs can do things we hadn't thought possible before. Yeah, sure has been. And this is going to be interesting to watch as the uh, as it continues to develop. I want to get your thoughts on a couple other stocks that have been on the move recently to the upside as well. Some of the meme stocks, the latest there, you've got GameStop, you've got AMC, they're up big. Now GME ahead of earnings later on in the week. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we're, we're seeing kind of a rising tide across the meme stocks here th this morning. Uh, AMC is leading the pack as, as it has been doing, but you've got them all up. Blackberries, uh, Bed Bath & mm -hmm. Beyond, mm -hmm. uh, GameStop's up. So, you know, the meme trade is on, right? I don't know how much earnings, I'll, I'll be, well, let me put it this way. I'll be very interested to see how much earnings impact GameStop's and how many of the meme traders are, are really worried about earnings, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, this, this is kind of a momentum trade. It feeds on itself, but you know they're, they're not backing down. And the thing about it has been, it's it's kind of a quiet market, otherwise, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're waiting on the Fed. Uh, we're waiting to see what's happening with inflation. We're waiting for Q3 earnings. So in that news void, I think that that this gives the meme stocks kind of more life because that's really what you know. It's one of the few things we can talk about now that's really interesting right now. Yeah, it's funny in the lull, the focus does oftentimes shift back to the more volatile stocks. It seemed like it was Bitcoin in months and years past when we would hit that kind of low volatility period that the focus would shift to now. Again, here you can see uh, currently trading up on the day by ten and a quarter percent. But this has been a mover to say the least. Let's move on. We got a couple other topics I wanted to cover with you in a limited amount of time. Uh, we've also seen some energy.
activity. I pointed out at the top of the show, WTI up to $70. A couple individual names that were on the move today. I noticed Philip 66 joining in. They're taking out key resistance recently up around the $90 level, also back to a two-year high. But it did look like Diamondback, ticker symbol FANG, had been lagging a little bit. Yeah, Diamondback bouncing back today. Uh, no, no specific catalyst except for the fact that the Diamondback basically kind of leveraged up the company. They made two large acquisitions, but now they're starting to reap the benefits of higher natural gas prices and their cash flow is way up. So in many ways, this is sort of a, a leveraged bet right on the company, but, but it's starting to work. And I think that that's attracting investors. Phillips 66, the refiners in general, you said earlier in the show, uh, we're seeing driving demand go up, right? We're seeing people are driving more miles, they're, they're traveling more, that's good for the refiners. Remember, refiners make money by refining gasoline, you need demand in order for that to happen. So uh, a good day, they're bucking the trend of, uh, of overall negative uh, energy prices, they own them marginally so. Certainly something to watch here, not only in terms of the futures, but also the impact it has on a couple of the individual names as well. These are two we'll keep an eye on. Lastly, speaking of keep an eye on, we've got Coupa, ticket symbol COUP, uh, they're set to report earnings. Uh, can you talk to us about what we should be looking for? What's expected here? Yes, yeah, so a, a loss of 18 cents a share and revenues of 152 million. So Coupa is is a business expense cloud software, right? I kind of look at this in the same view as like, you know, Workday only way, 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 you know, before Workday became the behemoth that it was. People want growth in these names. You're going to want to see revenue growth. You're going to want to see pipeline growth. The earnings are what the earnings are for a growth stage company like this. But stay focused on the revenues and stay focused on that management pipeline. Those are the keys for this company. Tom, last thought in terms of the week ahead. I mentioned at the top of the show a lot of focus here on a couple of the companies still set to report later on this week. But earnings certainly winding down. And even in terms of economic data, it seemed like a couple data points here. We've got the Bank of Canada, the ECB. I didn't mention at the top of the show, but that's key for financial traders ahead of the FOMC tomorrow. Last thoughts here in terms of economic data this week to keep an eye on. It looked like CPI was one of the major focal points in addition to the jobs data. Yeah, I think the ECB, do they give any sort of an in, in, uh, you know, hint that they are thinking about tapering? If so, that'll push yields higher, be a headwind on stocks, and then also CPI. It's going to be a big print. We know that. But it's going to have to be way higher than expectations in order to really cause volatility. Okay, we recently heard from Janet Yellen. She dialed back some of those inflation concerns. Tom, appreciate you helping us get our noses pointed in the right direction. A busy week ahead in terms of economic data, in terms of companies, companies that are on the move to start the week. Tom Essay is the founder of The Sevens Report. Tom, thanks for joining us.